0: Beautiful. Uh, hello, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us today, and we are so excited to uh, dive into the Word together. We're confident that God's Spirit is moving and working right now. Wherever you are, uh, however, you're watching this, that this is an opportunity for you to encounter the Lord and to be built up in your faith. Um, about a month ago, my family uh, booked a hotel at uh, Niagara Falls about the power of perspective and having right perspective what right perspective actually looks like and how we can go about having right perspective within our lives and so uh, if you have your Bibles can you turn with me to Matthew chapter 8 Matthew chapter 8 uh, beginning at verse 23 to 27 uh, I'm gonna be reading from the NIV uh, it says this it says then he got into the boat that's Jesus Uh, And his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed. For us right now, This is a storm, and it may not be a suddenly kind of storm, because we heard about it for quite a while, but I think the suddenly was in the effect that it's had and the length of time that this storm has been going on. And the fact of the matter is, as much as we were prepared, as hard as we try and avoid this, we are in the midst of a storm, and we can't control it, but what we can control is how we respond to it, and that is a matter of perspective. The, the second thing that we can see in this passage, a lesson that we can learn, is that storms are challenging, but they're incredible for us. And God will allow storms within our lives to, to test our faith, to increase our dependency, to shape our character, to develop a perseverance within us. Uh, storms in life will reveal what's going on on the inside of us. For the disciples, for example, this storm revealed where their faith was at or their lack of faith. Because while they had the sense to come to Jesus in the midst of the storm, the conclusion that they had drawn is this, we're going to drown. And you contrast that with the faith of the centurion man in this very same chapter of Matthew 8, earlier on, where he comes to Jesus and he says, uh, Jesus, my servant at home is paralyzed and he is suffering terribly. And Jesus offers to come and to heal him and the centurion man says, no, 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 you don't have to come. Just say the word and it'll be done. And Jesus marvels at this guy's faith and he says, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This is the same thing that he." By his word he calms the storm and yet while the centurion man had faith this storm revealed a lack of faith in the disciples and that's why it's so important for us to have right perspective because revealed to us areas of our life where we needed to, to surrender to God. It really was an opportunity for us to step into this invitation of greater intimacy with Him and of putting our faith in practice and taking hold of His promises for our lives that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so, while it, it's been challenging over the past number of weeks, we have been incredibly thankful for the storm and what it's revealed and what God's done in and through it. And really, um, in case I forget, and I leave you hanging, we had a great report, a good report uh this past Tuesday where they the doctor got back to us he said, you know it's it's not cancer uh it's uh uh it's something else, and you can live with it. it's not that uncommon it's pretty big and it's got to be uh she's got to go to a specialist, but what you know we are, we are incredibly thankful for what God's been doing in our lives through this, this storm. Uh, I love Jesus' example. I love his example for us in this passage. Because uh, what we find in this passage is he's sleeping in the storm. And he's not moved by the storm, but on the contrary, the storm is moved by him. And the reason is, yeah, thanks, Alex. The reason he's not moved by the storm is because he isn't focused on the storm. He's focused on his heavenly father and on doing what he wants to do. And I think for us, it's so easy to focus on external things. Within our lives, it's so easy to focus on what's going on around us right now, where we are. What we're doing, what we, what we need to be doing about it, when what we ought to be focusing on is Christ and what He's looking to do within us. Jesus gives us this example of, of life from the inside out. And this is something that He talks about in, in the Sermon on the Mount, where, where He says this He says, uh, You know, don't just avoid murder on the outside, avoid hate. On the inside. Don't just avoid committing sexual immorality on the outside. He says, get rid of lust on the inside. If the raging storm is going to get calmed on the outside, it starts with having peace on the inside. And if we don't have peace on the inside of our life, we're never going to have peace on the outside, regardless of the circumstances. And so, you know, I love the message that Ashish brought last week in talking about reprioritizing our life around relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that is the key. He is the Prince of Peace. And it starts with relationship with Him. I love what Nikki Gumbel says about this passage. He says, sometimes Jesus calms storms as He did here. Sometimes he lets the storm rage, and he calms you. What is right perspective for us at this time? What does is, what is right perspective actually look, look like? I want to look at another passage together, Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. And it says this, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He says in verse 1, Set your hearts. In verse 2, Set your minds. And he says, Not on earthly things. But on things above. Now, things above, it sounds kind of general, but actually, he means something very specific here. And what he's talking about when he says things above is he's talking about Christ, as he says in verse 1. Setting our heart and setting our minds on Christ and where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, notice he's seated. And the reason why he's seated is because the work that he has accomplished for us is completed. It is done. It is a finished work. Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says, After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down. The reason he sat down was because the work that he did for us was a finished work. And Paul says here in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Set your heart and your minds on Christ where he is seated, on the finished work that Christ has accomplished at the cross for us. Set it right there, right on Christ, on the fact that your sins have been paid for, that punishment is over, that you are free and forgiven and healed and redeemed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Set your heart and your mind on these things. That, my friends, is right perspective. Right perspective, what it looks like, is us actually shifting the focus off of ourselves and putting it on our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a a Christ-centered perspective. Paul says in verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3, he says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. In other words, my life is no longer about me. In fact, the old me is gone and is dead if I'm in Christ Jesus. If I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, the old is gone, the new is come. I am a completely new creation in Christ. And we need to see ourselves that way. You see, perspective is a matter of position. And our position is in Christ. We need to begin to see things from that perspective. The fact that he says we've already been raised with Jesus Christ. We have died to ourselves and been raised with Christ, and we are seated with him right now at the right hand of the throne of God. Now why is this important? It's important because if we don't have this perspective, if we don't see ourselves this way, when the storms of life come our way, and they will come, If I don't understand my position in Christ, I'll find myself fighting for a victory that he has already won. I will find myself searching for this peace that is actually already mine. Why? Because I am in Christ, and he is the Prince of Peace. So let me tell you, in the place where we are right now, no matter what storms you're facing, whether it's this pandemic or it's something else, we all have storms that are going to come our way. But if we're going to have peace, it's not through us trying to do more or trying to work harder. What it comes from is focusing our hearts and our minds on Jesus Christ and the reality of what He has already done on our behalf. And as we do that, we position ourselves to receive of His promises for us that are yes and amen. Romans 8 verses 5 to 6, Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit, what the, what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. If we're to have a right perspective, it comes through focusing on our Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done on our behalf. A Christ-centered perspective. If we're to have a right perspective, I also believe it's it's about having an eternal perspective. Verse 4 of Colossians 3, it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. It's moving, shifting our focus from now, right now, to eternity and seeing things with an eternal perspective. Sometimes I think the storms that come our way in our life are a whole lot bigger to us than they actually are because we're focused on the here and now. And we're not actually living with an eternal perspective. My life, says Job, is but a breath. James asks the question, what is life? He says, it's but a, a vapor, a mist. It's here for a moment, and then it vanishes. I love what Father Reniero Cantalamesa says. He says, a new standard of measurement has been introduced that makes crosses and trials seem light and momentary. Eternity. Set our minds on Christ. And live with an eternal perspective. The life that we have right now, here on earth, is short. This is not our home. We have an eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. Live in light of eternity. And we're not just to set our minds, but we're to set our hearts, Paul says. And to me, so much of that is is worship. And we don't worship God because God... Does what we ask when we want him to in the way that we want him to. We worship him because he's God. Because we recognize that he's God. And as God, he is so much bigger and better than we are ever able to understand. His ways are higher, his ways are better. And sometimes we get focused on expecting things to be a certain way, but he's got bigger and better plans for our lives. And we need to live out of a place of, even in the unknown, even in the unseen, even when it seems like, Jesus, where are you, man? He's sleeping in the boat? He's sleeping right now? Where we still, in that place, can come to Him in worship. It's interesting that, that in, the, in this passage that we've been looking at in Matthew chapter 8 of Jesus calming the storm, It's it's also in, in Mark's gospel and in Luke's gospel. And it's interesting that in Mark, Mark says that when the disciples came to Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, verse 38, they asked him this question. They said to him, teacher, don't you care? And I think at times in our lives, it's easy when we don't hear God, when we don't feel his presence, or we don't know exactly what he's doing, to fall into that trap of going, don't you care? It's interesting. It's the same question that Martha asked Jesus in Luke chapter 10. Jesus, don't you care? Here I I am in the kitchen, slaving away, and there my sister is doing nothing. Tell her to help me, right? It's easy to be in that place when storms come our way. But look at, what, look at Mary's example, right? She sits at Jesus' feet and listens. In the midst of the storms, one of the ways that we can set our heart is worship, is just sitting at his feet. And Jesus says to Mary, she's chosen the one thing needed, and it won't be taken from her. Worship changes our perspective, and it's so powerful When when we, we don't know what God's doing, we don't know where things are at right now, we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing, but we fix our gaze on Jesus Christ and we worship Him for who He is and what He's done on our behalf. I'm going to close with this. There's There's a book called The Vision and the Vow, written by a guy named Pete Gregg. And he talks about an art critic who was studying a painting by the Italian Renaissance master Filippino Lippi in London's National Gallery. Uh, and the, the critic could clearly see from the painting Lippi's skill in his use of color and, and composition, but the proportions in the painting, they just seemed kind of off. You know, the hills were slightly exaggerated. The saints around Jesus who were kneeling seemed awkward and uncomfortable. And and in that moment, this art critic, Robert Cumming, who was not the first to criticize Leapy's painting, but was probably the last, he had this sudden realization. Leapy's painting was not commissioned for an art gallery. It was commissioned for a place of prayer. And in that moment, he got down on his knees, and as he looked at the painting again, he suddenly realized that everything was perfectly proportionate. See, it wasn't the painting that was off all those years. It was the perspective of the people looking at it. Worship helps us to set our hearts On things above it helps us to see things from his perspective and I just want to encourage you in this season no matter where you are no matter what storm you're facing right now look to Jesus look to what he has done on your behalf look to where he's seated remind yourself of the fact that you are seated in heavenly places with him and church give him your affection Give him your love. If we're to have the right perspective in our life and to see things the way that God sees them in such a way that we can do and partner with him in what he is doing right now, it comes down to setting our hearts and minds on Jesus Christ. For for me and my wife, as we got the news initially from the doctor, we stepped back and we said, okay, we're going to have right perspective in this season. We're not going to focus on the problem. We're not going to imagine the worst. We're going to look to the Lord and and, and to see what He is looking to do through this storm, right? And we recognize God's leading us into a place of greater intimacy with Him. This is an opportunity for our faith to grow in Him. This is a time where our character is being refined, where we are are learning to just surrender all to him and to worship him for who he is. This is an opportunity for us to take hold of his promises for us in Christ Jesus. My friends, what is this time for you? What is God looking to do in your life in this season? What, What is he looking to do through this storm right now? I want to encourage you, set your heart and your mind on Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly and confidently before your throne of grace. Thank you so much, Jesus, that you have done it all on our behalf. That your work was a perfect, once-for-all work. And that there is absolutely nothing that stands in our way of coming to you and knowing you for ourselves. And so we do that right here, right now, today. You're good, Lord. You're good. You are too wonderful for words. You're worthy of all our praise. We're here to surrender ourselves, all of ourselves, to you to live from the place and the reality of who we are in you, Jesus, and of what you've done on our behalf. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and for what you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you very much, Greg. The power of perspective. And, uh, yes, it's, it's very true. I'm blessed by that word because our solutions, our answers, and at times when we are seeking the Lord, the solution and the answer and the peace is only a perspective away. And I'm reminded of the, of the prophet Elisha when they was surrounded by the enemies and he had this young man by his side and he asked him, what should we do? And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So at times, all we need is for God to open our eyes to see what we have inside and who whose we are. And that gives us the strength and the solution for the season. And in our weaknesses, his strength is made perfect and is made manifest even in this season. Thank you very much, Greg. That's an amazing word, the power of perspective. Just a reminder that... Um, uh, for those of you in life groups we encourage you let's connect at this time uh, and let's let's keep the connection alive if you're not part of a life group please write to us at info at lifehouse.ca and we'll be able to connect you with one uh, let's keep encouraging one another building one another and uh, yes let's let's see what god can do through us even in this season thank you very much have a blessed week it's been amazing having you this week